Teresa Spinelli wasn't destined to lead her family's grocery business, but life takes many turns and leader is what she became. Welcome to our podcast today where I'm honored to be hosting Teresa Spinelli, the owner of the Italian store and winner of many prizes for entrepreneur. Born in Edmonton in 1961, Teresa grew up at the Italian center shop, taking her first steps in the pasta aisle. By age 13, she was working in the store regularly as a cashier never dreaming she would one day ascend to the presidency of the company. Family misfortune changed the course of her life. We were a traditional Italian family and I had a brother. So automatically, because he was the boy, he was going to take the business. With her vision of changing the business from a local grocery store to a major importer and distributor, in her first year of presidency, Teresa grew the business to 12 million in sales. Today, the company has grown eight times with four stores located in Edmonton and Calgary, over 500 employees and sales exceeding 70 million. For me, it's not about selling salami, it's about people. The reason I get up in the morning is because I want to grow my people. And so Teresa, that is a great introduction, but I'm sure that you can tell us more. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. I think you said it all. It's really true. It's not really about selling salami. It's about people. And it's not just our internal people, but it's also our customers. It's our community. Uh, it's people. I love people. That's really great. So a little bit more about what's happened in your life. So you grew up right? I mean, other than taking steps in the pasta aisle, you must have done some other things. What was it like growing up in Edmonton? And uh, what, tell us a little bit about your childhood. So I really did grow up in the store as a baby. And also when I was older, I was always in the store. My parents worked 12 hour days. So after school, we didn't go home, we came to the store. And my customers really feel connected to me because they actually did watch me grow up. So they watched me walk down the pasta aisle, they watched me go to grade one, two, three, four, so on and so on. When I was 13, my dad made me come to work and I was a cashier. That's how I started. And what about when you were uh, a teenager? Can you think of maybe an incident from your teen years or your young adult years that you could share? Uh, that's related to business? It can be related to business or just something that made you who you are, something that you think was an important uh, event in your life from, mm. the, from those years. My dad was a big hunter and he was going hunting one day and I really wanted to go hunting with him. I must have been 12 years old, 13 years old. And I stood by his car because I was ready to go hunting with my boots and everything. And my dad said, where are you going? I said, I want to come hunting. He said, no, you can't come hunting. And from that remark, I gathered that I wasn't fun and not people didn't want to be around me. So from that little thing, I've been trying to compensate for that my whole life, even today. I always want to make sure that people know that I'm fun and like love to be around people. You are way fun. So I'm sure you have compensated. It's funny how we make these, you know, ideas, right? We make up these ideas about why somebody said something when we're not really sure if that's true totally. or not. So oftentimes people uh, don't think about it, but they are born into certain groups. So you would have been born into the Italian culture, maybe also into um, the Catholic church, probably into downtown core culture. Like there would have been many different groups that you would have considered that you belonged to. Can you think of something from those groups that you were born into that influenced you as a leader? Well, for sure, for sure, into the Italian community. I was very much Italian. Like when I went to grade one, I didn't speak any English. Uh, Italian was my first language. So that really did shape me as a person. I mean, all I know is being Italian. Like imagine, I remember when a kid farted in grade one, I was shocked because he was Canadian. I thought only Italians farted because I was just so surrounded by Italians all the time. I never realized there was other people, really. I was really, I was very quite sheltered. I lived very much in the Italian community. Yeah, so you had a kind of a, an existence of being in that Italian bubble. Can you, yes. can you name a few things um, other than the fact that everybody has an issue with gas once in a while? Can you, yes. can you name a few other things that you thought were distinctly Italian? Well, just everything. So again, grew up in the inner city. So a lot of the kids that went to the same school that I went weren't as fortunate as I was, didn't have a loving family. So learned a lot that way. Like a lot of kids would come to my house after school. And actually, true story, about a couple of weeks ago, 
ago, a girl that I knew in uh, junior high sent me something via Facebook. She was native and she remembers coming to my house as a kid and she was sharing how much that opened her eyes. Like she remembers my pantry being full of food, whereas her house, her pantry was never full of food. She remembers me talking fondly of family and she just never had that. So she just really had really great memories. And she says that it really opened her eyes to different possibilities back then. Hmm. That's kind of interesting how sometimes people will come back and connect with you and you didn't expect it. Right. I had something like that happen to me about three years ago. A babysitter that we used to hire when my kids were young called me and said, I wanted to tell you that the one time that I stole something from your house that you didn't, you know, blow up at me and that you still kept me as a friend. Uh, wow. That really like really affected me. And it's something that I've always done. And I, I was, I had completely forgotten about it to tell you the truth. And basically what it was, was we had this little coin thing that we used for bus money. Right. And I, I think she probably took $2 out of it. It wasn't a big deal, but um, apparently that, that really marked her because she called me 30 years later to tell me about it. Wow. It's amazing. You never know, right? You never know the difference making people's lives. That's true. So um, people are born with a certain temperament. And they have certain qualities that they're born with. What would you say some of those qualities are for you? I think I've always liked people. Mm-hmm. I think I was born with a sense of wonder, always looking for different things, always wanting to learn things. Yeah, I think I was born pretty open. Mm-hmm. Open-minded people person? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And what about persistence? Hmm, I don't know if I was born with persistence. No, that's something you grew later? I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm not really sure. I think it came out because of necessity. Mm -hmm. Because in order to open four stores and grow the business like you've grown it, you must have had to learn some new traits or some build on some traits that you already had. Absolutely. And and I have really great people. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I get all the credit, but really it's my people that created the four stores. It really is them. Well, the team is really important. And people who recognize the team have a certain trait to be able to see talent in others. Mm -hmm. Would you say you've got that? Yeah, and I think that I really give them opportunities to grow and to motivate themselves. So I don't think you can make somebody do something, but you can give them an environment where they can come up with the idea themselves and move forward. And that always works out better. Yeah. Would you say that that um, capacity to see people's talent and willing to let them have some room to grow, would you say that that affects the way that you train your staff? Of course. Absolutely. Tell the listeners a little bit about what you do to train your staff, because a lot of managers have difficulties with that. Yeah. So what what I've learned is that, you know, telling people what to do doesn't really ever work very well. I sit here in my office and I tell people how to cut salami. I should really listen from them because they're the ones that do the job every single solitary day. So we really listen. Like when they tell us this machine doesn't work because whatever, and it needs to be fixed because we need a different type of machine because they make our job easier. We really have to listen. Usually people just say, oh, no, that's a machine. You use it. But that doesn't work out very well. They'll use it because they have to, but it doesn't really give them any empowerment or give them any opportunity to get better. And everybody really wants to know that they can make a difference and that they matter. So when we take our employees' suggestions seriously, they really know that they make a difference here. And they do. Yeah, because that feedback, if you take it seriously, they're certainly willing to give you more. Always. Yeah. Um, so can you think of a time when you became aware that your culture was different from other people's culture? Oh, many times. One that stands out for me right now is uh, when I brought a friend from high school home and uh, she had to move out. It was our last year of high school. And she had to move out. And my mother was just like taken aback. She couldn't believe that this girl had to move out of her house because she was 18 years old now. Whereas us, our culture is you live at home till you get married and sometimes even afterwards. Uh, so that was a big thing for us. First of all, my mom was really heartbroken. She didn't understand the reason people want their kids to grow so that they can learn independence and learn how to pay bills and stuff like that, right? She just thought it was uh, not a good thing to do with kids, right? So she didn't understand that part. That was very different. I had another situation where I had a friend from Australia come stay with us. 
she was a feminist and my mother really catered to my brother because he was a boy and she really catered. And my friend was just aghast, you know? So my mother one day, just after dinner, she said, Hey, you know, I know you think this is horrible, but I want to explain to you that if my son asked me to get the olives, I get them not because I feel I have to, I want to, because I know he's going to eat them. and That makes me happy. So don't feel bad for me. I'm not doing this because I forced to, or I'm treated badly. She goes, I do it because I love him and I want him to eat the olives. If I don't go get them, he won't eat the olives. So she said, don't feel bad. You know, so it was a whole different way of looking at things, right? And for my friend also. That's a really good example because a lot of times when people become aware of something that's different, they automatically think it's wrong because it's not what they do. Right. And so to be able to see both sides is, that's how we can move forward, really. Absolutely. So um, I wanted to ask you about if you were... Uh, say, going to be employed by somebody, and you were uh, in the position where you could say to the employer, this is how you can work best with me. What would you say to that employer about how to work well with you? I would say, give me a task, show me how to do it, and then leave me alone. Just give me the opportunity to do it on my own. And then, of course, check in once in a while, but give me the opportunity to, to shine. Let me do it. Yeah. And sometimes people don't get the task or they don't even know what their tasks are. Right. And they don't know how to do it because nobody's shown them. Correct. If they make a mistake, nobody stops them soon enough. And then afterwards, they get blamed for something when they have a chance. And then once they know how to do it, people are over their shoulders when that wasn't the time when they needed them to be there. Exactly. Yeah. So those are really important things. Anything else that you'd like to tell me about, about culture and leadership from your perspective? Or maybe some advice to entrepreneurs? whatever you'd like to share. I think culture is really, really interesting because everybody's different. And as we are a global world now, you have to really learn more about cultures because, for example, here, the Italian centers and Italian culture, we love to hug and kiss. Well, maybe Asians don't like to hug and kiss. It's not because they don't love us just as much. It's just that that's not part of their culture. And learning those different things, so, or asking permission, is it okay if I hug you so it doesn't make them uncomfortable or and not taking this person, someone doesn't look you in the eye, that doesn't really mean that they're not listening, not respecting you. Maybe culturally, to them, that's disrespect. And it's just learning those different things so that we can appreciate each other and accept each other more. And I know your stores quite well because I've been to all of them, including the one in Calgary. And when I go there, it is a very diverse staff. So it's the Italian store, but people from mm-hmm. all cultures feel really welcome to, to apply to work there and to work there. How did you Absolutely. Do, how did you make that happen? Because I think we're all the same, right? We're all the same. Everybody wants to matter and makes a difference. Everybody loves food and loves family. Not everybody, but I'd say the majority of people. So uh, we're really all the same. And so we really create an atmosphere of family. And it doesn't matter, you know, what color you are, what race you're from. As long as you love people, you're welcomed here. Yeah, it's one, one human family. One big family, yes. Yeah. That's, and if we saw each other all over the world as one human family, we would have really... Very few different worlds. Yes, different worlds for sure. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate the fact that you're promoting the oneness of humanity. Thank you. And that you're doing that on a daily basis through your store, through your business, through the way you interact with people. And I'm I'm honored that you took the time to be a guest on the podcast today. Well, thank you. I think what you do is pretty phenomenal. So I'm very, very honored to be part of it. Is there something you would like to promote and let people know about before we end today? Just that good food is easy, that uh, cooking together and eating together really forms bonds. It's where friendships are made, where deals are made, and that we have to do more of it together. That's a wonderful message to end with. And since we're almost at the Christmas season, I hope that you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you. Likewise. Buon Natale. Is that what I would say? Buon Natale? Yes. Buon Natale. Okay. I hope I got the accent sort of close. You got it perfectly good. good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye.
Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Culture and Leadership Connections with Teresa Spinelli, president of the Italian Stores Fucin. At the Italian Center Shop, the atmosphere of family makes people from all cultures feel welcome. And you certainly feel that when you walk in and when you see the enviable portrait of employee diversity that she has there. Everybody's happy to work and they enjoy their jobs. Teresa has no problem with retention. People love to come to her store and they line up to join the team. I also really love the way she focuses on having good food as bringing people together and how good food is something that all cultures can enjoy. Teresa Spinelli infuses her Canadian life with her Italian values to impart the oneness of humanity to her grocery store business. And she shares how looking at the world as one big human family with their similarities and differences shapes her professional experience. Remember that it's really something wonderful to rate this podcast and to share it with people so that more people can hear and benefit from it. You can also leave me a voice message on Voxer and you may just be surprised to find yourself featured on a podcast coming up with your comment. Thanks so much for listening and may culture and leadership insights help us all to build happier, more inclusive workplaces.